Hello, fellow earthlings. It's me, Bailey. Welcome to my podcast, The Conscious Buzz, where we chat about all things conscious living, holistic self-care, and the ways in which you can step into your highest evolvement in order to show up fully for yourself, other beings, and the earth. Our planet is in an all-hands-on-deck kind of situation right now, and the world needs each and every one of us to own our truth, step into our power, and take action on behalf of our and the planet's highest good. I am here to remind you that collective healing happens on an individual level. Without further ado, let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Buzz podcast. My name's Bailey. I'm your host. I don't know why I said my name's Bailey. I'm here every week. It's just me. <laughs> um, but today I'm joined by Karen Sawyer. She is a plant-based nutrition co- coach based out of Melbourne, Australia. She's amazing. She knows her shit. And I'm super, super, super excited to have her on today to talk about all things plant-based nutrition mm-hmm. and to just like get to know a little bit better all of the like nitty-gritty details of, of what plant-based nutrition is all about and how to kind of transition into that lifestyle and hopefully to answer any like questions or relieve any misconceptions that exist around the subject. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, did it freeze? Mm-hmm, just slightly. It froze. All right. Well, that's okay. It just froze, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for being here today, Karen. <laughs> Thank you for help- having me, Bailey. <laughs> yeah, of course. How are you doing? How's your morning going? Oh, good. You know, it's, it's early in the morning here, so this is my first thing on the to-do list. Love it. Yeah, it's five <laughs> o'clock where I am right now, and it's eight in the morning where you are, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so weird to think about like so it might like that messes with my head every single time when I was trying to figure out like how to schedule this thing and like make it work for both of us I was like this is messing with my brain <laughs> yeah I need a, a time conversion um app on my phone just to work out where everyone is and uh yeah it's crazy to think that I'm 8 a.m tomorrow your time <laughs> I know like you're in the future you're in the future <laughs> Welcome to the future. It's looking bright. <laughs> Great. I'm glad to know that. And we're, and, we're, and we're heading into summer as you head into winter. So, you know, there's another level of uh, complexity. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That really is just a, a mind fart, a brain fart, whatever it's called. <laughs> True. Um, okay, cool. So I think my first question is mm. what you would say to the people whose first objection when talking about a plant-based diet is what about the protein? Because I think that Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that we're sold, I guess, when it comes to plant-based eating, it's this idea that we're going to be protein deficient if we stop eating meat. So what do you have to say about that? (laughs) Yeah, well, that, that's definitely the, the number one question that everyone has. Um, and I guess, um, uh, the the truth is that all nutrients um, are originated in either plants or in the earth, protein um, obviously being one of them. And um, all plants um, ha- contain protein. They, they contain all macronutrients. So they contain protein, um, carbohydrate and fat. And they also contain a whole heap of fiber, which is a, a form of um, okay. carbohydrate. So... Um, the next question that most people have or, or the concern most people have is that um, they think that plants don't have um, all of the essential amino acids that we need to consume because our body doesn't produce them uh, on their own. But they do actually, all plants do actually have all essential amino acids. Um, it's just that they have them in varying different proportions to both um, ourselves as human beings uh, as well as each other. Each different plant has a different ratio of the different amino acids. Um, and, you know, as long as you are consuming a wide variety of uh, different types of plant foods, you're going to get enough of the amino acids that, um, that you need uh, in order to, you know, do things like cell repair, cell regeneration, and, um, and you know, building of, uh, of new cells, et cetera, and everything else that protein needs to do within our body. Um, so um, the other misconception is that we need very high protein diets as well. Um, and I think, um, you know, there's a, a lot of fad diets out there that promote low carb, high 
high protein for things like weight loss and health. Um, but the, the truth is the human body only needs around about 10 to 15% of its calories from, um, from protein. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. We actually recycle a lot of our, um, amino acids. Um, and so in terms of what we actually take into our body on a daily basis, it only needs to be around about that 10 to 15%, um, in order to function properly. Um, and even, <clears throat> even people like, uh, bodybuilders and um and athletes of all sort that usually need a higher protein diet for recovery um it's been shown that they only need around about that 10 to 15 percent as well but they just need a higher number of calories than most other people so of course they'll be getting a higher number of grams um than most other people as well yeah. so but the ratio yeah. is the same yeah uh, yeah, and what most people don't know is that um, by weight, uh, broccoli and spinach actually have more um, protein as a percent than beef. Mm. So there I you go. That. <laughs> yeah, isn't there something about, I, I may completely be like pulling this out of my ass, but I've seen stuff mm -hmm. where people are saying that you need to eat meat so that you get certain nutrients that they eat from the plants. And it's like, they're just the middleman, right? So they, what is that? They totally are. Yeah, they, they totally are. They're just a recycling machine. So um, if you think about a, a cow, for example, a cow doesn't make its own protein, just like, well, it makes, it makes a certain amount of its own amino acids, just like we do as human beings. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not the essential amino acids. They get their essential amino acids from the plant foods that they are fed. So just as, you know, so we, we may yeah. as well get it from the same place. So we are pumping um, plant foods that are being grown for animals um, into, well, yeah, we're pl plowing these plant foods into animals um, and then um, obviously eating the animals, but what we're eating with those animals is a whole heap of other complexities um, such as uh, the, the animal's hormones, um, antibiotics that the animals are fed to fatten them up. It destroys their gut microbiome so that they put on more weight quicker. Um, yeah, and all sorts of other potential diseases as well. Um, the high in cholesterol, the high in saturated fat. There's a whole heap of other nasties that we're consuming with the animal that we don't get from the plant. So you might as well just go straight to the plant and, um, and get it straight from the source. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was going to say the, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really interested and obsessed with gut health and the, not only are we being like prescribed antibiotics at a higher rate than we actually need them, but we're getting them from sources like chicken and beef and just all of the foods that, that a lot, most people are eating on a regular basis, but there's really high dosages of antibiotics in there and not screwing with your microbiome. And Absolutely. it's crazy. Oh. I've, I've heard numbers, something like 80% um, of the um, antibiotics uh, that are produced in the States are actually being fed to animals. Yeah. Um, not, not to, yeah, I know. And that just blows my mind. It's no wonder people are having um, <laughs> gut issues, digestive problems and health problems because the health of our gut, um, uh, I guess, determines the health of the, of the rest of our body. It's so linked, and if, if we're destroying our gut microbiome, then hell, you know, it's no wonder we are sick. Right. Yeah, I relate the or I compare the gut microbiome to the soil. Right. So if we have crappy soil in the earth, yeah. we're not going to be able to grow anything. And if our gut microbiome is off, we're not going to be able to grow health, like cultivate health, because it's the foundation of everything That's in our body. Absolutely. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that analogy too. And that's one that I use with um, some of my clients as well. Um, when talking to them about gut health, it, it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're so knowledgeable. And I think that your story is absolutely fascinating. Would you share a little bit about like how you got here and, and what you've gone through to lead you to this point? And like, just, you're so knowledgeable. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Um, yeah, sure. Um, 
well, I was born to, um, I guess, a very logical, mathematical, scientific engineer father. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my mother was completely the opposite. She was very creative and very musical and very artistic. And she was probably the essential 70s hippie. Um, <laughs> and she really got into the whole Whole Foods um, lifestyle uh, as we were growing up as kids. And I remember you know, everything that we ate was sort of homemade. It was wholemeal. Um, we had um, homemade wholemeal bread. Um, all of our cookies or, or biscuits were homemade and um, natural. She did use a bit of sugar, but the sugar that we used was brown sugar. It wasn't refined white sugar. So everything was trying to be as whole and as natural as possible. And I really remember her drilling into us um, the importance of fiber. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I think back in those days, really fiber was just, um, thought of it as something that, you know, keeps us regular. Mm -hmm, um, now right. these days we know, um, we know there's so much more importance to fiber than just keeping us regular. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the start I had in life, I guess. And, um, uh, and so during my teenage years, I, I really decided I didn't like the taste of me much I was starting to connect with animals and so started to push the, the meat off my plate more and more and um, I started to learn to cook as well mum got me cooking some of the family meals so I was starting to experiment with uh, with vegetarian cooking back then and when I left home um, I it was about age 20 I, I decided to go vegetarian fully and then um, later in life got more involved with things like animal rights and became vegan um, for a few years um, but I think I got a bit burnt out by by all of that as well and decided to go back to vegetarian. Back back in those days, it was a little bit easier and I just pushed my morals aside for a moment. Um, I thought it might have just been, you know, a case of growing up and caring less. And gosh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I was doing a Miley Cyrus. <laughs> why I'm no longer vegan. <laughs> That's why I give those guys a break. Don't worry, they'll be back. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we went back to vegetarian or we went back to eating fish for a while, moved to Australia and um, yeah, and, but I just, I felt something calling me back, right? I felt like, right, I don't feel right eating fish, you know, this, you know, psychologically and, you know, um, it doesn't sort of uh, agree with, with who I want to be. So I stopped eating fish and then um, again, eggs and dairy and I was getting the guilts about eating those as well. So I thought, right, I've got to give those up. But um, I wasn't, uh, something was holding me back and I don't really know what it was. And I think I needed to go through a bit of a shock experience in order to shoot me off in the direction that I was going to go. And that's not just to go back to being vegan, it's to bring me to where I am today. And that experience was um, getting skin cancer. Um, I had a, uh, an invasive melanoma on my left thigh and, um, yeah, needed two operations to uh, have that. Ooh, wow. removed. I didn't realize it was so like, like she was a, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they took, um, they, that thankfully that was all I needed. So I didn't need, well, they weren't, <laughs> if they told me I needed chemo, I wasn't going to have it anyway, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd already started to investigate the, the health benefits of a plant-based lifestyle by that stage. But, you know, getting this melanoma was my kick to going back to, um, being vegan and then started really delving into the health side of things. And, um, more and more, I, I discovered that it wasn't just a vegan lifestyle. It was actually a whole food plant-based lifestyle that I really needed to be following. Um, and so, you know, went from eating some of the vegan junk. Look, you know, I still have a little bit of it every now and then, but it's not, you know, I was eating a lot of um, the processed meats and, and cheeses and, you know, probably having things like a, a vegan croissant or something more, <laughs> more often than I should. Right. Um, like so, a different version of the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so once I removed all of that uh, as a from a you know, from the regularity of my life, um, yeah, I really started to see other shifts um, change in me. Things like my sinuses really cleared up. Um, I'd been having gut problems um, many years ago as well, and you know, transitioning to this way of eating just really helped clear all of that up. My digestion just started working so much better. Mm. Um, my skin cleared up. You know, I'd had sort of problem skin most of my life. Um, not that it was really, really bad, but I'd just get these really nasty 
sort of breakouts mm-hmm. and you know, like sore and you know, I was trying to hide everything and mm-hmm. now my skin is sort of in the in the best shape it's ever been. I was about and, to say, like you're it's flawless. Like y'all can't see uh, here, but we're zooming and like your skin is literally glowing and your long red hair, honestly, you're like Ariel from the little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I do I have actually got a um a turquoise, beautiful turquoise dress that makes me look a bit like a mermaid. <laughs> oh my god. No, yeah, you're dishing up major mermaid vibes. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Bailey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so all these things just sort of started happening as I just started cleaning up my diet more and more. And, um, yeah, I was really, really fascinated. I was watching all the documentaries um, that I could find on, on plant-based health and started, um, I guess, seeing all the same uh uh, plant-based doctors and and experts speaking on each of these documentaries and then i discovered the the equinel um plant-based nutrition certificate course as well and and decided that um i wanted to help people transition to this lifestyle so that's kind of where it started you know a bit of a health scare that got me delving into all the health side of things and then decided to study it and help other people do the same so yeah. Yeah, and here I am. And then I studied health coaching, um, obviously, just to give me some structure and help me sort of um, um, help people uh, get unstuck from a lot of their blocks that that hold them back from making progress. Right. Yeah, because, you know, with anything like that, it's so much more than just changing the way that you're eating, right? Like, it's a complete and total lifestyle, mindset shift, everything. Yeah, it totally is. And so many people um, not only self-sabotage along the journey, but they don't set themselves up um, properly, I think, for success in the beginning. Mm. And a lot of that is around mindset. You know, we, we need to acknowledge that in order to achieve a different result to what we have today, we need to be a different person to who we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably one of the big things that is missing for a lot of people when they actually do try to make the changes in their life, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And yeah, one of the, one mindset thing that I talk about a lot too is, um, and I know that you do as well, is when making any kind of a shift with the way that you're eating is to focus on all that you can eat and all that you can introduce and all the abundance that you can bring in. And this reminds me of what you posted the other day. It like blew my mind how, how many edible vegetables and fruits are there? There's there's around about 300,000 edible plants. That literally (laughs) blew my mind. I read, I know that there's a lot of vegetables, I need a lot of vegetables, but that I had no idea that there were that many. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Um, I think, I think I read that in, um, Dr. Will Bolsowitz's book, Fiber Fueled. Oh, I need to read that. I love him. Dude, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah, so 300,000, it blows my mind. But I mean, I guess I go to my supermarket and they have the same fruit and vegetables, same fruit. You know where to get everything, right? Mm-hmm. I went to a little Asian um, supermarket not too far from where I am. I walked in. I could not believe there were things in there I never even knew existed. Like there were pears that were the color of a peach. They were sort of an orangey pink color. They were pears. And then there were these little, little tiny little tomatoes that were the size of um, blueberries. Oh my I've never God. seen tomatoes that small. And then there were, there were like black potatoes. I've never seen black potatoes. These are not sweet potatoes. They were actually just potatoes. And I want to go back there and explore. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, if I can find things like that, that, um, you know, I've never seen in a regular supermarket, um, you know, imagine what there is around other parts of the world as well yeah. that we just don't get exposed to. Right. Where, yeah. where the plants actually grow, like in tropical areas and stuff, it must be incredible. And how much fun, you know, to have that mindset of like going to a new place and thinking like, what can I find here that's new? That's just such a playful fun way to approach eating versus like the meal planning culture, which is like, I need to eat broccoli, rice and and whatever at every meal, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's not sustainable. It's so boring. (laughs) It's very boring. Yeah, exactly. And and you're right. You know, um, when I talk to people about transitioning, I want to get them out of that mindset that they are, you know, leaving foods behind. Um, um, I want them to realize that they are walking into a new world to explore. And there's so much more that they haven't seen. Um, and I mean, I think back to when, uh, 
when I was first trying to give up fish, when I, um, yeah, when I decided I didn't want to eat fish anymore, my mindset was in the wrong place too here. So this is what really made me understand this. My mindset was completely on the foods and the meals that I used to make with fish that I was giving up because I really liked those, right? <laughs> and um, I was so focused on what I was giving up uh, that I sort of, my, I feel like my body manifested um, some symptoms to show me that I should be eating that way, that I shouldn't be giving it up. Mm -hmm. And that is my nails went really dry. My skin went really dry. So did my hair. Mm -hmm. And so immediately I'm like, Oh, right. I've just given, it's all about the fish. I need to go back to eating fish. But I think that was just my body's way of trying to tell me that my mind, you know, whatever I thought in my mind was true. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so I went back to eating fish for, for a little while and then I thought, no, no, I really don't want to do this. So by that stage, my mind was looking to the future. It wasn't looking to the past. I was excited about um, what I was going to be able to eat instead of, um, you know, uh, stressing about the foods that I was giving up and no symptoms, nothing happened. So that just tells me it, it really is a, um, a mindset thing a lot of the time. And, you know, if we're looking forward to the future and, and what the future holds and who we're going to become, um, it's, it makes the journey so much easier to transition. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And just focusing, yeah. Focusing on the abundance right? Versus mm. focusing on the lack. And like that just translates into so many areas of life. And it, I think this is really cool too, because it just kind of feeds into the, something I believe, which is how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're yes. approaching like your relationship with food from a very like lack and scarcity mindset, then chances are you're probably approaching multiple areas of your life in that way. Versus if you're focused on like what's beautiful and what's enjoyable and like what can I add in, like what what can I bring in, what's life-giving, then you're probably approaching multiple areas of your life in that way as well. And like what a beautiful way to live, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We don't want to live in a, a limited mindset, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> limits us for limits us from so much enjoyment in life. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I completely agree. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. Um, so outside of protein, what are some like of the biggest objections or like points of confusion that you face with your clients who are kind of like weary about the transition or worrying that they're not going to get the, the right nutrients or going to be missing out, et cetera? Mm. Um, yeah, I guess uh, the next sort of large nutrient that a lot of people are concerned about is calcium because everybody is, has been told that we need milk for calcium. Uh, again, another myth. Um, again, the cow doesn't create uh, calcium. She gets all her calcium that she needs from the plants that she eats. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, we as humans, we don't make our calcium. <clears throat> as well um uh sorry yeah sorry we we need to eat our we get our calcium um as well right. from the uh from plants that we eat so green leafy vegetables um are really high in calcium which is great um sorry what i was thinking in my mind there was that um you know, we don't we don't uh need to ingest calcium to create strong bones um consuming calcium doesn't create strong bones just like consuming protein doesn't create strong muscles. What creates strong muscles and strong bones is the use of those. Yeah. You need to lift. You need to, if you want to be, if you want big muscles, you've got to lift heavy weights. Right. And if you want strong bones, you've got to do weight bearing exercise. So calcium is stored in our, in our um, bones and that's what helps to keep them strong. Um, but it doesn't create strong bones. And the, um, the irony is that uh, uh, cows or milk, uh, animal milk is actually very um, acidic to our bodies. So as soon as we, yeah, as soon as we drink it, our body needs to find a way to neutralize that acid. And so what it does, <laughs> it reaches for our body's neutralizer, which is calcium that is stored in the bones. So it actually leaches the calcium out of the bones to neutralize the acid because we've just consumed some cow's milk. So the irony is that the higher, yeah, you see, you see graphs um, around the world 
of um, dairy consumption by country and you see the rate, you map the rates of osteoporosis over that and they match exactly. And um, unfortunately, my little uh, home country of New Zealand, very high dairy producer, very high dairy consumers and very high rates of osteoporosis. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's quite, quite a shocking story. And of course the dairy industry won't want people knowing that. Right, of course. So would you say, <clears throat> is that the case with, with all quality of dairy? Like it's, it's, you know, fresh from the cow organic milk is going to be doing the same thing to your body that like a crappy store-bought milk is yep. going to do. Yeah. 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 The, the quality of it doesn't matter. It's the source. Gotcha. If it's from an animal. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, a lot of people are concerned about getting nutrients in general uh, if they stop eating animal products. And I guess you've got to look at what, the, what nutrients we actually get from animal products. We get protein and we get fat and that's it. <clears throat> we don't get any vitamins. We, don't, uh, we might get a little bit of iron from um, meat. But heme iron has been shown to be quite dangerous in a human body. If it gets too high, our bodies don't have the ability to actually regulate the amount of um, heme iron that we, that we absorb. And uh, high levels of iron are actually oxidizing and dangerous to us, just as uh, rust is dangerous to a car. So, um, our book, yeah, it's quite, well, I'm quite learning funny. so much. Funny. I love it. Interesting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Yeah, so, I mean, they don't have a lot of nutrients and what they do actually come with is a lot of other complications. You know, it's the things like, you know, um, being acidic, dairy being acidic to our bodies. Um, they feed our pathogenic bacteria, our gut bacteria. Um, they are high in saturated fats, which contribute to things like type 2 diabetes and cancers and, um, and heart disease. And uh, animal protein has been shown to... Um, to actually raise levels of IGF-1 in the body, which is insulin-like growth factor one, which uh, stimulates, the or st stimulates the growth of cancer cells. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, you know, you, you're really only, um, yeah, getting a lot, you're getting a lot of um, nasties when you consume animal products that you don't get when you, when you consume plant products. And the nutrients that you get from plants are so much greater. So you get all of your macros, you get your um, protein, fats and carbs from all plant foods. And then you also get um, all the other vitamins and minerals that you need. So um, the colour of the plant um, determines what what sort of vitamins that you're getting and um yeah we get we get most of them well we get, we get all of them from our um from our plant foods so just eating a wide variety of plant foods is going to ensure that you're going to get a great cross-section of um, nutrients for your body as well as for your gut fibers for your gut um, so there's it's it's win-win all round <laughs> you're not losing out on anything by by dropping animal products and and increasing your plant products Right. And you get, to, I was about to say one thing I love, I just eat so much. Like I eat so many vegetables. <laughs> like it's just such a bounty of food at every single meal. I love it. I love it. Um, and that, that's why you look so healthy, Bailey. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Tiny little plant. Um, aren't phyto, like a good way to gauge phytonutrients or to make sure that you're getting a lot of them is by eating a really colorful diet, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as I said, the, the color of the plant food, um, sort of denotes the, the particular vitamins that you'll find in plentiful source. So all of the orange, orangey type, um, plants are strong in vitamin A, I believe. Um, greens are, are high in everything. Um, so yeah, get lots of green leafies and green or cruciferous veggies in your in your diet. Um, reds, I can't quite remember what they are. I can't remember what they are. All I know is eat oh, a cross cool. section. Yeah, yeah <laughs> eat a cross section of the different colors. Yeah, and you're going to get a cross section of your various um, different nutrients, which is which is beautiful to know. And you don't have to. The, the beauty beauty about this is you don't actually have to sit back and count your macronutrients, your micronutrients. You don't have to sit there planning and just making sure you're ticking off all the boxes. All you need to do is go, 
have I had some red? Have I had some orange? Have I had some berries? Have I had lots of fruit? Have I had lots of different types of vegetables? Yeah, tick, done. <laughs> have I had my beans and my legumes and my grains? And yeah, tick, done. Yeah. Ooh, yes, beans, legumes, and grains. I feel like there's a lot of food fear around those things. Can you I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah, there can be a lot of food fear around those things with um, people who have gut damage. Um, obviously, these foods are very high in fiber and foods that are very high in fiber uh, are likely to upset the gut if you don't have the right microbes in your gut to be able to process them properly. And usually people who are on a, you know, a high protein, low carb type diet don't have the right microbes in the gut to be um processing things like beans and legumes um, and grains. So, I mean, the, the, the way to change the balance of the gut really is to uh, introduce these foods slowly in a slow, in a small um, quantity to start with. Um, we really want to wake up those microbes that are in the gut. Uh, if they've been dormant for a long time, they need to sort of be gently woken up. I mean, imagine if, imagine if you've been lying in bed for 10 years and someone suddenly just, you know, dumped a hundred kilos on you and said, come on, give me some bench presses. <laughs> Bit of an exaggeration there, but you know, if you you think of it like that, you know, someone who hasn't been to the gym for a long time suddenly walks in and tries to bench press their own body weight. You know, they're going to injure themselves. They're going to get sore and hurt. And that's what's happening to people's guts as they try and um, digest foods that they haven't digested for a very long time. So you got to wake it up slowly. You've got to walk into that gym. You've got to pick up a baby weight first. It may feel embarrassing to start with, but that's where you've got to start, right? So you don't injure yourself. You build it up slowly, and so soon you'll be looking like a normal human being again. <laughs> <laughs> soon you'll have a strong gut, or soon you'll have a strong body. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing. So, um, yeah, be gentle to your body if it's not processing something properly. Don't it out altogether. I think that's where people get a lot of fear um, around foods that do upset the gut. And I look, I was, I was in the same position. Like I suddenly was getting these um, intolerances to apples and beans and uh, almonds. And I didn't know where this came from. And it's probably because I just hadn't eaten them for such a long time. And I suddenly just decided that I wanted to eat an apple every day and my gut just didn't like it. So, um, yeah, I had, I obviously had damaged my gut with the foods that I had been eating mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I needed to sort of just step back. I didn't know, I didn't know about this back then. I just stopped eating them. I didn't know that that was the wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I changed my diet, obviously, uh, I dropped a lot of the foods that were damaging, um, my gut and my gut started to heal. So then I, I started to eat apples again. I went, Oh my goodness. I can't believe I just ate an apple <laughs> I, and I don't feel bloated <laughs> or beans. Like I love beans. Like I've always loved beans and it was just very disheartening to suddenly not be able to eat beans, but yeah, they're a staple yeah. of my diet now. So oh, same, 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 same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so true. Like I grew up my whole life being told that beans make you really gassy, but like I eat beans <laughs> all the time and they don't do that. So it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I grew up with the saying, <laughs> beans means farts. Yeah. <laughs> right. And my family proved it too. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but there's this whole thing of like Mexican food making you like really gassy and stuff. And I'm like, when you go to a Mexican restaurant, you're eating like a bunch of processed like cheese and meat and stuff. So I'm like, it's probably not the beans that are making you gassy. <laughs> yeah, that that's so true. Or even if it is, you know, um, it's because you've got some sort of gut imbalance or or damage in there so that the your body's not actually able to process the beans as well as efficiently as uh, it should be able to so yeah, yeah yeah and it, um i think uh, carry on no you go ahead you go ahead i was gonna say um the other thing that people get confused about too is is grains um and the whole gluten um gluten thing um Look, I think there's still a little bit of uncertainty about gluten. Um, the experts are really um, unsure about sort of non-celiac gluten sensitivity. There is such a thing, but um, it's only about 1% of the population. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the myth is that um, 
a lot of people think that uh, that gluten is actually a bad food. It's actually not. And what has been shown when somebody doesn't have celiac or doesn't have um, non-celiac gluten sensitivity and they just literally exclude gluten from the diet, what they actually do is damage their gut more. Um, so uh, by removing high fiber grains from their diet, uh, they're actually you know, killing off some of the microbes in their gut that process, um, that process uh, grains or um, uh, yeah, it would be, um, it would be wheat, uh, barley, and and rye, and what that actually does is, is um, yeah, just causes long-term gut damage. Um, oh. So we don't we don't want that. Um, if you if you don't have celiac or you haven't been diagnosed with non-celiac uh, gluten sensitivity, then best just to keep that gluten in your diet. Um, there is nothing wrong with it it's not a it's not a bad food <laughs> and it's actually very beneficial if it's attached to um the whole the whole wheat so is celiac's genetic yeah so there's three things that somebody needs in order to be um, diagnosed with celiac disease um one is they need to have the gene um but just having the gene doesn't mean you'll get celiac um, two, they need to be exposed to gluten, and most people have in their life. But just having the gene and being exclusive, uh, <laughs> can't talk. <laughs> just having the gene and just being exposed to gluten doesn't mean you'll get celiac. The third component that um, that creates or this environment for celiac disease is gut damage. So oh. when somebody yeah so it's an autoimmune disease so autoimmune means that there has been um damage to the gut lining um leaky gut essentially and microbes um, um from the gut have have seeped out into the bloodstream into the rest of the body and it sends the immune system into a bit of hyperdrive so um yeah so you need all of those three components to then be um, diagnosed with celiac disease. So it means you've done something in your life, you know, whether it's, you know, too many antibiotics, whether it's too much, too many um, foods that create gut dysbiosis, um, that create gut damage um, to, in order to be diagnosed with celiac. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes, um, no, I mean, it makes a lot of sense and it's just so interesting to, to hear about it because there is such a, a culture of gluten being villainized, right? Like people just, mm, I think, I don't know what did it. I feel like maybe the, when the paleo diet got really popular, gluten became like a really bad thing to have. And I think, isn't that when it, is that when it started? Or is it I don't know. I don't know. Uh, look, it, it, it really is a sort of more recent thing. Um, right. And I don't really remember. I know it's been around for at least, 10 years, I'd say, but, you know, growing up, growing up as a kid, nobody had um, the amount of sensitivities and allergies and that sort of stuff. Um, when I was, when I was a kid, um, or even in my, you know, early adult years, people just were not this sick. Nobody talked about gluten. Nobody talked about wheat um, the way they do now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I feel like it's, um, it's really created a lot of health problems by creating the scare tactics. Um, the other, the other food that um, is vilified quite a lot is soy as well. And um, a lot of people think that uh, soy has estrogens in it, which is kind of funny because guess what does have estrogens in it? <laughs> estrogens that mimic our own. And that is dairy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, you know, cows, cows are often pregnant when they're milking at the moment, you know, as soon as they've given birth, they, they're, you know, inseminated again. So um, they have elevated levels of estrogen floating around their bodies and that's coming out through their milk. Mm. Um, uh, what soy has is phytoestrogens, which are plant estrogens, which are similar, but different. They act, um, kind of opposite to uh, mammal estrogens in that they, they block any of the damage that estrogens do to our body. So they're actually protective. Um, it's been found that women who have 
breast cancer, for example, have a, I think it's like a 30 to 50% um, chance of not getting the disease back if, they, um, if they're consuming soy. Um, yeah, it, it, it's been shown to be protective. So it attaches to um, the, the beta cell of the... Now I'm going to get myself confused here. <laughs> where estrogen so on a cell there's an alpha and a beta um, receptor so uh, mammal estrogen is attached to the alpha which is dangerous and um, uh, soy estrogens or plant estrogens attached to the beta which is protective and when you're eating soy you're actually protecting yourself from the damage that um, that um, human or or cow estrogens can do to the body. So you know, if you're a woman, you want to be eating soy to to protect yourself um, from you know your chances of getting breast cancer or ovarian cancer or um, uh, from for men um, testicular cancer. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and there's been also um, you know some people have been saying as well that soy causes um, man boobs in in men mm -hmm. right because of the high levels of estrogen yeah but i mean uh, it was a podcast i was listening to i can't remember who said it but um you know if you think about if you go down to the beach next and you know see man take his top off and he's he's got man boobs you walk up to him and ask him the last time he ate soy he'll probably turn around and say what <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's i don't eat soy <laughs> true no that's so true and when you talk about soy you're not are you you're not talking about like like soy milk you're more talking about like edam like edamame stuff like that right uh well it's it's um either whole soy or minimally processed so minimally processed would be things like soy milk uh tofu tempeh miso it's it's where the soybean has been processed a little bit but nothing's been stripped away from it and nothing's been added to it okay so that's still okay to eat the soy that's not good to eat is the soy isolate protein powders so you know if you're wanting to have your smoothie and think you need to eat, add extra protein don't be adding in the soy isolate protein powder and also um, those those, that, that isolate protein also goes into a lot of fake meats as well. Um, oh, right. Like just really, really processed. Very processed. Protein. So it's, it had all the fiber and the minerals and the nutrients and everything just stripped away from it to, to come up with this concentrated protein powder. Now, this protein powder um, also elevates levels of insulin-like growth factor in the body, um, which is the, the hormone that... Um, accelerates the rate of cancer growth. So that is the only plant, the only way uh, a plant protein has been shown to elevate um, that will, or to accelerate the growth of cancer. So that's one type of plant protein or, or one way of eating plant we don't yeah, want to eat. But it, yeah, but it's not even like the plant's fault. It's what we've done. To it. <laughs> it's it's the processing that is the problem. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I guess when I talk about eating plants, I'm talking about eating the whole plant. You know, not not As the processed, stripped down. Yeah, taking the fiber out, taking all the nutrients out. No, we don't want to do that to a plant because then it's not the plant anymore. It's just right. It's not it, what nature gave us to eat. Yeah. 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 So eating your plants whole, you're eating them, you're eating them as Mother Nature designed us to eat them. <laughs> and right. that's what we're, we're a part of the earth. Bodies. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. built to to build to uh, what's that word? Process these things and assimilate the nutrients from them to function. Our yeah. Body. So it, it just makes sense intuitively. Like it just makes sense to eat a yeah. lot of plant foods because that's what we were given. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah gosh so much good information Ooh, you're frozen oh can you hear me now i can yep yep okay okay cool still here <laughs> um cool such good information what would you uh say to the person who's wanting to transition like what are your your top tips for someone who's wanting to move more towards a plant-based lifestyle sure um yeah, I've got a few, a few tips actually, and it's going to be different for everybody. And there's no one hard and fast rule. 
Um, so for a lot of people, you know, if you're wanting to do it, but you have no idea where to start, just stop thinking and just start doing, just start experimenting maybe with one meal at a time. Um, say take, take an easy meal or take a favorite meal and say, okay, how can I remove the, the animal products from this meal? And experiment with that until you get it right. And then, you know, you've got a meal. <laughs> um, think of, also think of other meals that you know of that are already plant-based. So, you know, a pumpkin soup or a tomato soup or, you know, like a tomato pasta. Easy, done. <laughs> um, my, I would also suggest um, decluttering. If you're serious about it, declutter your pantry, declutter your fridge, get rid of um, stuff that you would no longer want to see on the menu. That sort of removes any temptation to want to keep adding, uh, eating those foods. Mm -hmm. um, and again, get your mindset right. <laughs> um, instead of thinking about what you're giving up, thinking uh, about the 300,000 edible plants that you're going to explore. <laughs> There's lots and lots and lots out there. You are not going to be left wanting for choice. Um, there's so much flavor, you know, think of your herbs, your spices, um, everything that can add flavor to it. Um, and see food as your body's fuel. Um, see it as putting a good, clean fuel into your engine. Um, you wouldn't want to put diesel into a Ferrari and you certainly wouldn't expect it to run optimally. So stop putting the sludge into your own vehicle and start putting in some clean, um, some clean fuel and watch how, how efficiently you actually burn. Um, also, focus on progress, not perfection. So we're not trying to be perfect here. If you fall off track or you eat something you shouldn't, um, don't beat yourself up. It's all about just making progress and um, making, yeah, making each day maybe a little bit better than the last. Um, learning from mistakes. It's all okay. No one's actually going to judge you. We're not a judgy community. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us, some, yeah. some people are, some people are, don't worry. But, you know, with, uh, with this, uh, with this move and expanding so much, um, you know, it's becoming less and less judgmental. Everybody's really supportive and it's about helping people make the right choices for themselves, not about creating a, um, a, a Society of right and wrong um, and yeah and then the last one would be just getting some support um, so if your immediate friends and family um, are, are not on board with this way of eating um, you know find some new communities online there's plenty of Facebook groups out there for example um, there's so many uh, Facebook groups for beginners too and there's a lot of people in there who come in there into those groups looking for help and support you know they might have questions about everything we've talked about today. They might have questions about recipes. Um, they're really supportive environments. Or, you know, come and see someone like myself, um, a health coach who actually helps you transition into this way of eating, who teaches you the fundamentals and the truths and the myths and helps you realize where you're gonna get all your nutrients from and helps you with those conversations with your family, with your friends, and then, you know, taking your new way of eating out into the rest of the world. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of things you can be doing. <clears throat> the biggest thing is just to start doing. Um, and um, yeah, don't, don't let fear hold you back. Just take it one step at a time. Yeah, love that, love that. What would you say your like top three <laughs> staples are that you always have in your kitchen, like no matter what? Definitely spinach. I've got more than three actually. Look, there would always be spinach. There's always bananas. I have a banana every day. It's either in my smoothie or it's in my oats or mm -hmm. I, I love bananas. Um, so I have oats as well. Um, I have rices. Now I, I love black rice. I love brown rice. I have a brown rice mix with quinoa. They're kind of like really neat staples. And sometimes I'll just add all three into a dish, you know, where you might normally just have rice. I just put all three and have <laughs> lots, of, lots of different variety. Um, uh, and beans, probably black beans. I love black beans. I love Mexican flavors. I have a 
a um, whole host of different herbs and spices and stuff in, in a little rack. And I make up my own Mexican spice mix and um, I'll just mix that up with beans and, you know, guacamole and corn and capsicum and throw anything in there. Lots of garlic. Oh, I love garlic. <laughs> garlic, tomatoes, they're my staples. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like Tons yeah. and tons of steam. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I do. And, you know, I, I probably think as long as I've got these in the fridge, then I can kind of whip up anything, anything. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel that 100%. It's like a canvas, right? Like you have the big yeah. and then you can, yeah. everything else is just. Yeah. Muscles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, berries too. I love berries. Oh, I've always got. In winter, it's frozen berries. In summer, I move to fresh. Yeah. Delicious. So good. Yeah. So good. Um, so if people want to connect with you and, and follow along and hear all of these tips and tricks and all of the wisdom that you share with the world, where can they do that? <laughs> uh, well, they can um, hit me up on Facebook. I'm mainly on Facebook, to be honest. Um, uh, so just find my name, Karen Sawyer, hit me up, a, send me a friend request, send me a message. Um, or you can follow my page, um, The Plant Power Coach, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or you can come into my Facebook group. That's probably where you're going to get the most um, tips and support uh, with regards to actual health problems. Like if you've actually got some uh, specific questions mm -hmm. um, or some specific health issues that you want help with, um, come and find my, um, my Facebook group, which is called Plant Power Health. And um, yeah, hit me up in any of those locations. Awesome. Happy to see you. <laughs> Happy to connect. <laughs> Love that. I'll link uh, I'll link all of those in the show notes so that people can connect with you if they want to, which I'm sure that they will because you got all the knowledge. She literally is a living, breathing aerial, you guys. I'm not kidding. The hair. I'm like, I've been staring at your hair this whole time thinking I want my hair to look like <laughs> Secret Bailey, you just don't cut it. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't okay. been, it's been cut for three years. It's been cut for a long time. It's on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there any like any last piece of, of wisdom or, or tidbit that you want to share before we close off? No, I think, um, yeah, I just, no, I don't think so. I think my biggest tip would have been just to anybody who's thinking about it, just to, yeah, just to take it slowly just to experiment. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to say, you know, okay, from tomorrow, I'm never eating all this stuff again. I'm going to be plant-based. You just say, okay, I'm going to experiment with a new recipe today and see if I can make it plant-based. Let's see how it goes. Have fun. Dip your toe yeah. in. Have, yeah, have fun. Experiment. You don't have to change your life suddenly overnight. Um, but you know, if you crowd in more of the good stuff, mm -hmm. then, you know, that helps crowd out the bad stuff. So just, just put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> Love that. Thank you for having me, Bailey. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for sharing your time. I loved this. I learned so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, cool. I was, That's good. I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it was great to be here. Yes, yeah, so good to have you. Thank you. Thank you again. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye.